0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the New York Giants 30 to 10 on Monday night football to cap off week eleven of the NFL season. We're talking about the game breaking down the offensive and defensive performances, picking plays and players of the game, and hearing from Bucks fans who stayed up late to get their thoughts in after the game. All of that coming right now on the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. What's up, Bucks Nation, and welcome to your victory Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks Podcast. Thank you for making the Locked On Bucks Podcast your first listen or view every single day. I'm David Harrison, one half of the hosting duo here at the Locked On Bucks Podcast. My co-host, James Jarko, couldn't be here for this episode. He's got to get up way too early. Fortunately, I do not have that problem after watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the New York Giants 30 to 10 on Monday night football. Again, wrapping up the NFL's week 11 schedule of game. We here at the lots on bucks podcast are free and we are available on all platforms, including YouTube. So if you're not watching us right now on YouTube, please head over there, click the subscribe button and the notification button. Find out every time we drop a fresh episode of this very podcast talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, listen, guys in the beginning of this game a little bit closer than I think everybody wanted it to be heading into halftime the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a held a 17 to 10 lead over Daniel Jones and the New York Giants but the New York Giants got the ball back to start the second half because they won the toss chose to defer like many teams do nowadays Buccaneers starting off with the ball in That part of the game right, started off pretty well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking that opening kickoff, starting their first drive at their own 27, taking three minutes, 57 seconds off the clock to go 73 yards on eight plays, finishing it off with a Tom Brady touchdown pass to Chris Godwin. That touchdown pass for 13 yards gave the Buccaneers the early 7-0 lead. But the New York Giants actually came back on their very first possession as well, put together a 7-minute drive spanning 13 plays, 51 yards, didn't get into the end zone though, which is I think a pretty critical part of this game. The New York Giants entering into this game dead last in the NFL in a red zone offense. The Buccaneers were able to keep that trend going, keeping Daniel Jones and the Giants offense out of the end zone, making the game 7-3. The Buccaneers then came back on their second drive, extended the lead back out seven to 10 to three. And that's when some of these issues kind of started to come in. Right. And that's kind of the storyline of the game. A little bit of it was health and a little bit bit of it was self-inflicted wounds that we've seen over the last two weeks during the two game losing streak to the New Orleans Saints and the Washington football team. And in this game in total, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had six penalties, which is not 11. It's not eight. Right. But six is still more then you really want to have four of those penalties, guys, came in the first half and an interception inside the, the Buccaneers' own red zone. Uh, the screen pass that, depending on the angle, give, give a lot of credit to Lewis Riddick there of the Monday Night Football telecast and the broadcast team after the interception. So from from, from Jump Street, what you saw is you saw Tom Brady turn, fire a screen pass, uh, basically ate up Mike Evans, right, hit him in the shoulder pad, bounced off, ricocheted a Dory Jackson, intercepts it for the New York Giants. Two plays later, Andrew Thomas is a fat guy dancing in the end zone with a touchdown, his first career touchdown, and, and more touchdowns than most offensive linemen catch uh, in their entirety of their career. Of course, Andrew Thomas, uh, offensive lineman, drafted ahead of Tristan Wirfs by the New York Giants. He was the first offensive tackle. If you go back to that year's draft, uh, there was the big four offensive tackles that year. Andrew Thomas, the first one on the off the board to the New York Giants, scores a touchdown on Monday night. Uh, Something that Tristan Wirfs hasn't been able to do yet, but hey, maybe this will inspire the Buccaneers later a little bit, and maybe we see Tristan Wirfs get in on the scoring action. But as it is, uh, the New York Giants are able to take that interception, and they turn that into points, tie the game at 10. Of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up making it 17 to 10 before they hit the locker rooms. But the important part, I think, is that of the six penalties that the Buccaneers had, four of them came in the first half. Obviously, the interception also came in the first half. But even of those four penalties in the first half, there was the Tristan Wirfs penalty, right? Which I think a lot of people agree was not a, was not really a holding penalty. I think you know Bruce Arians was on the sideline telling everybody that you know the Giants defender fell. He didn't get taken to the ground, tackled by Tristan Wirfs. He fell, and and you know you don't want to you don't want to reward a guy uh, for not doing his job and basically getting owned uh, by one of the best right tackles, if not the best right tackle in the National Football League. And then you have the delay of game penalty. So that penalty, I mean, you can kind of take that one, throw it out. So five total penalties for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You take away that delay of game, which was obviously done on purpose to make the punt uh, a little bit more palatable in that moment. Either way, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out of the locker room and they put together 13 unanswered points in the second half over the third and fourth quarter Two Ryan suck up field goals and another touchdown. That one going to Mike Evans, a historic touchdown is Mike Evans with that touchdown. And and the timing couldn't be more perfect. Monday Night Football, it's prime time, and he breaks the NFL or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rather franchise record for total touchdowns, surpassing Mike Allstott who was in town or who was in attendance rather at the game uh, because John Lynch received his his Hall of Fame ring at halftime. So Mike Allstott was in attendance. Rondé Barber was up there with him. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, all those guys up there enjoying enjoying the festivities. So uh, Mike Evans gets his record-setting franchise touchdown to help the Buccaneers extend their lead even more and they end up leaving leaving the first half with a 7-point lead, they finish the game with a 10-point lead, a 10-point win, and they are now 7 and 3 on the season, third place in the NFC playoff race and have a 2-game lead in the NFC South coming up here on the rest of the Locked On Bucks podcast guys we're going to talk about the offense specifically we're a little bit deeper into some stats and we're going to talk about some player performances same thing with the defense what they were able to do against the New York Giants offense and Daniel Jones Danny Dimes not dropping much of anything on Monday night and we're going to do that here free and available on all platforms on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thanks again, Bucks Nation, for making the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listen or watch every single day, free and available on all platforms. David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82, writer over at BucksNation.com, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My normal co-host, James Jarko, off for this episode. Uh, Primetime games do a wonder on his work schedule, so he's getting some rest so that he doesn't have a, a disastrous experience at work on Tuesday morning. Victory Tuesday. Hopefully you guys are all out there. Enjoying it and celebrating it as your Tampa Bay Buccaneers advance to seven and three in the 2021 NFL season. Find James on Twitter at jr underscore bucks, and the show is at Locked On Bucks. If you've been with us for a while, or even if you've only listened to us for a week or so, uh, first off, if you're new, welcome to the show. Hopefully, you like what you see or hear, and you stick around a little bit. But you guys know that we love interacting with Buccaneers fans. We love giving a platform to Buccaneers fans to be able to voice their frustration sometimes concerns at others, and celebrations, especially following wins like the 30-10 to 10 win over the New York Giants on Monday nights. And you also know one of our regulars is Yusuf out in Phoenix. So let's hear from Yusuf right now following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' latest victory.
1: So that's the way I want to see the Bucks play week in and week out. This is Yusef out here in Phoenix. This game wasn't perfect when it comes to the penalty problem. I don't think it was as bad. As the last two weeks, but still, we have some problems in that area still where, you know, we scored a touchdown the night that was called back because of a hold on Tristan Royce. You can argue maybe it was a fine line there and a hold. I don't know. People were complaining on Twitter about it. I thought it was pretty obvious, but what do I know? It's, It's just still ridiculous that we're still dealing with this problem. Overall, the production on both sides of the ball were really good. I thought uh, SMB being back in the secondary really, really boosted that secondary. We had an energy back there tonight. Gronk being back, making some huge catches over the middle. Great to see him out there again. Really happy with the win and looking forward to the Indie game next week. Going to be tough. As you know, never getting too high, but not getting too low either. As always, go Bucks.
0: All right, Yusuf. appreciate the call as always, brother. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you enjoy the game. Obviously, enjoy the win. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the game. And yeah, the penalties, you know, uh, listen, penalties are never going to be a good thing. They're never going to come at a good time. But, again, going through it, uh, you know, 11 penalties against the New Orleans Saints. I think it was eight against the Washington football team. You got it down to six in this game. Really five, again, if you uh, discount the the uh, delay game that was taken intentionally uh, to make it a better punt for, uh, for Bradley Pinion there. Um, you know, really, you know, five penalties is, is not terrible. It's not ideal, right? I mean, ideally you get zero, but the, the way the game kind of works and the way the things kind of go, you're going to get uh one here or there. The things you really want to kind of avoid are some of the more, the simpler things in the game, right? Lining up correctly. And you have a penalty at one point in the game against Mike Evans for an illegal formation. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, even when they showed the replay, I didn't see anything wrong with, with what Mike Evans, Uh, was doing you know for for the end of a formation an offensive lineman can't be uh, the last guy on the line of scrimmage and Mike Evans was on the line of scrimmage maybe he didn't do you know the thing they do where the wide receiver points to the official and says hey I'm on the line of scrimmage I don't I don't know man maybe that's what it was Uh, it was weird there was a tweet that I actually retweeted from my personal Twitter account that said uh, that the flag came from 30 yards down the field like during the play it wasn't even from the the line judge, or, you know the, the the official that was on the line of scrimmage, so that was weird. And then I watched the very next snap, and Mike Evans was in the exact same position he was in the play before. And the next guy inside on the formation was an offensive lineman, not a tight end or anybody else. So, and they didn't flag him for that one. So I don't, I you know, I can't uh justify every single penalty. I can't explain all the penalties. If uh, if Coach Arians wants to get an explanation on that, then he uh has it within his rights to request it, of course. But yeah, I mean, ideally, you have no penalties. The Tristan Wirfs one, I think it's it's a matter of angles and a matter of perception, because really, at the end of the day, none of us were up close enough, and uh, at least from the the bit that I saw on the Monday Night Football broadcast, it didn't look like they had an angle to really show it, and they weren't really all that interested in showing it. But I'll tell you, what a play on that play, right, by Chris Godwin to uh, to get close to or at the goal line uh, on that play. Too bad it was called back, of course, uh, with that penalty, but Speaking about the offense, right, the, the, finishing this thing uh, up, let's rally it down a little bit. Tom Brady goes 30 for 46, 307 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, just a commanding performance uh, from him. Obviously, you have the one interception that I don't think anybody is going to blame Tom Brady for uh, the 307 yards. I mean, the two touchdowns, taking what the defense gives you. Uh, you talk about Rob Gronkowski, Yusef, and what he kind of does for that offense. And I think you saw it here a little bit. The, the Washington football team defense was able to kind of sit back and, and kind of let the let the dump-offs come uh, and everything else, but they didn't have to really account for a whole lot. Cam Bray and even O.J. Howard, just not as dynamic uh, a tight end right now as, as uh, Rob Gronkowski is and has been. The uh, New Orleans Saints defense was able to get away with a little bit as well, but really more so the Washington defense. And, yeah, Rob Gronkowski returns, catches six of his eight targets for 71 yards, After the game was kind of asked about returning, he kind of played it off a little bit, kind of typical Rob Gronkowski uh, fashion. But yeah, definitely great to see Gronk back there on the field. Talking about Mike Evans, that history making one uh, touchdown on this game came on 11 targets, six catches, 73 yards for uh, easily the best wide receiver in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. And uh, he's already got some records, already beaten Randy Moss's record, uh, NFL record, and now he's got the franchise record for touchdowns so easily. Mike Evans going in the ring of honor someday. Chris Godwin uh, following in his footsteps a little bit, maybe not as impressive, right? Doesn't have the thousand yard uh, streak to start his, his career or anything like that, but six catches on six targets, 65 yards and a touchdown of his own, almost two, like you said, pointed out there, uh, if not for the penalty, although I think they spotted it short and he was probably down before he got to the goal line there, Leonard Fournette kind of a quiet night overall, right? Really. But when you look at the totality of his contribution, 74 yards of offense on 16 touches, including catching all six of his receptions. And I think that was a big thing. Uh, you know, you had a, had a drop or two against Washington. I uh, wanted to see him clean that up. Ronald Jones getting back on the field. I know a lot of us have been kind of wondering what's up with Rojo. And, and Bruce Arians said after the Washington game that they had more snaps. They had plans to get him in the game. They got him in a little earlier this weekend than I think a lot of people expected. He ends up with eight carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. So if you had him in fantasy, you probably benched him, right? So he's, he probably didn't help you at all. But, hey, good to see Rojo on the field. Good to see him getting a score there. Six for 13 on third down for the team. 402 yards of total offense. Got into the New York Giants red zone five times scored touchdowns on three of those trips compared to the Giants. And as we flip over to the defensive side, you you talk about Sean Murphy bunting being back, absolutely great to see SMB back on the field. The Giants offense, guys, got into the Buccaneers red zone twice. And one of those times was off the interception. The other time was on the very first possession of the game that they had. So outside of that, the Giants never sniffed the red zone. In fact, the Giants offense themselves only crossed the Buccaneers 50-yard line or the 50-yard line into Buccaneers territory twice. Again, once on that opening drive. I don't call the interception the offense crossing the 50, right? They didn't cross. They got the ball in the red zone. They didn't cross the 50. Um, They did cross the 50 one more time, get into Buccaneers territory on their own, ended up turning the ball over on down. So, I mean, a a masterful defensive uh, performance from the players, guys like SMB, Devin White, Levante David, but then also Todd Bowles came out with with a great game plan against the team that honestly has given this team some problems over the last two years, and those are two years that Todd Bowles has been the defensive coordinator. So. This was kind of a get right game for him as well. Learn some of the lessons from previous matchups against Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley held the giants offense just to one third down conversion on nine tries, just 215 yards. Total offense. Daniel Jones threw for 167 yards. The one touchdown, to Andrew Thomas, two interceptions, Saquon Barkley, 12 touches for 56 yards, pretty much nothing. Even Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, I noticed on the Monday night football broadcast, they were kind of trying to talk Kadarius Tony up a little bit. Look, Canary or Sony is supposed to be their big play threat, their fast young player. And you saw some shiftiness from him. Absolutely. Saw him avoiding some tackles here and there. Seven catches on 12 targets is not a bad night. 40 yards. That's all he got. Really less than six yards per catch. And this is your downfield threat. Again, Adori Jackson ends up with the interception. Uh going back to the offball linebackers, Devin White, Levante David. That's those are the guys that James and I pointed out in our final preview episode that need to bring the energy, bring the heat, lead the defense. In that energy, they each tied for the team lead with eight tackles apiece. Sean Murphy, Buncing, second place, uh, tied for se- or second place, third place, however you want to call it, uh, with those two being tied for first place with seven tackles. Aunt Antoine Winfield Jr. was running around the field, making plays, had that really big pass breakup on Kadarius Toney, right? Kadarius Toney was on the sideline, probably had a first down. But Antoine Winfield gets in there before he's able to take that third step or make a football move, knock the ball out. Initially called a catch on the field. Bruce Arians wisely throws the challenge flag, gets that reverse. Jason Pierre-Paul, even with the torn rotator cuff, switching sides of the defensive formation to give his uh, his good shoulder the advantage, uh, making plays for the defense as well. Shaq Barrett was getting after the quarterback all day long. We saw Rakeem nunez Rojas getting involved. Steve McClendon with the interception. Mike Edwards with an interception. Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill with sacks. And then Joe tryon Shoenka was just running all over the field. Not a whole lot of sat, uh, stats for him, but just running all over the field. The defense uh, definitely flying around the football on Monday night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and I can't look at a single New York Giant guys and say that they had a good game, And but I can look across the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster and say that they had a good game, a good night, a good day, And we're going to have a good day coming up on Thursday. I know I am. Hopefully you are as well. Because it's going to be Thanksgiving. The Buccaneers have already won. They're not going to be playing. The Dallas Cowboys are probably going to take an L. The New Orleans Saints are probably going to take an L. It's going to be a good day all around. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. It's all about goodness, happiness, and football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season more props odds and lines than ever before because BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving head to the new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus with your promo when you use a promo code locked on on your first deposit and it's not just football BetOnline has pro and college hoops hockey boxing UFC and your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait take advantage of all the offers waiting for you in the 2021 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving at BetOnline.ag. Back now for one last segment on this Victory Tuesday episode of Locked on Bucks podcast. But before we go any closer or any further, let's hear from Tyler out in Boston. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Uh, man, it's so great to get back into the win column. And I think it was also just really important to take advantage of this weekend in which our division rivals lost and we could just inch a little bit closer to that one seed. And Tom looks good. The team looked good. They had a good game plan. Like Tom said, sucks to lose three weeks in a row, but luckily the the Bucks were able to uh, get a convincing win over New York on primetime. And it really just felt like the better team won today. And they have a big game coming up against the Indianapolis Jonathan Taylors. And I hope that they can continue to get healthy and, uh prepare for that game uh, especially i hope we get uh and and ab back but focusing on this week just a great win go bucks all right tyler thanks for coming through the indianapolis jonathan taylors i love that and that's really i don't want to give too much away but that's really going to kind of be the crux of it right you stop jonathan taylor you have a really good chance of stopping the indianapolis colts that's going to be a good game either way looking forward to discussing that and covering that game with all of you guys as well but Like Tyler said, right, seven and three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after a 30 to 10 win over the New York Giants improve on the year. Currently carrying a two game lead in the NFC South third seed in the NFC playoff race. Uh, And look, the New Orleans Saints are on a three game losing streak. The Atlanta Falcons are on a two game losing streak. The Carolina Panthers just lost to the Washington football team, which probably has a lot of their fans feeling a certain kind of way. But to be honest with you, Washington playing some pretty good football these last couple of weeks. Uh, very, very, very well could also win a game against the CLC Hawks, which are actually favored to win. But a lot of people are not going to give them the edge in that game either. But we're talking Buccaneers. Right. And let's get to uh, the players and plays of the game. Now, James isn't here, but I did ask him to go ahead and send me his play and player of the game before the game was over and before he had to run off. So let's start off with our plays of the game. And James picked Steve McClendon's interception. Devin White getting the assist on. Said interception, pressuring Daniel Jones. I mean, guys, this defense flying around Daniel Jones. And look, if you had to go to bed early or you you didn't watch the game or you DVR'd it or something, so you're listening to this as kind of a primer or something like that, do yourself a favor. If you didn't watch the game, watch it. Even though you know what happened, you know the score and all that stuff, there's not a whole lot of tension or suspense and what was going to happen and all that stuff. Watch the game anyway and watch your defense just fly around that New York Giants offense. And yeah, Steve McClendon, the benefactor of, uh, of a Devin White pressure, Daniel Jones making just an inexcusable, bad decision, an inexplicably bad decision uh, to throw the ball. Like, and shout out again to Lewis Riddick of the ESPN crew, Monday Night Football coverage team. He actually came back and diagrammed where Daniel was trying to throw the ball. It was never going to make it there, and and he can't he can't try to make that decision. So that's James' play of the game. My play of the game is the Mike Evans touchdown. Really, not so much. I mean, I guess you can say that's kind of the one that really kind of put it to bed. And, you know, Bucks fans at that point kind of started to relax a little bit. It's so, OK. Uh, they're going to win this game and the team's going to move on. The, the losing streak is going to end and hopefully a new winning streak. I know Devin White tweeted out earlier Monday. Let's go out there and start a new winning streak. So I'm sure that's what Buccaneers fans are hoping is about to happen. But really, the Mike Evans touchdown, I man, I mean, if there's a player on this team that deserves to be celebrated more uh, than maybe some of the others, it's Mike Evans. He's, he's been through the, with this team. He and Levante really, I mean, Levante has been through a lot with this team as well. But Mike Evans, you know, the consecutive uh, seasons with a thousand yards receiving to start a, start, a, start a career, breaking Randy Moss's record, the franchise records that he's had, uh, catches the 600th touchdown pass from Tom Brady, because why wouldn't he? Um, and then, you know, he, he breaks the franchise record for touchdowns in this game. So, you know, that touchdown doesn't stand alone as maybe the crucial part of the game. But it's it's I think it's a big enough moment in this game that it deserves to be my play of the game. Moving over to players of the game, James picked Sean Murphy bunting, uh, and yeah, Sean made some plays. He was in, he was good in coverage. Uh, you know, you saw the defensive pass interference flag that got thrown, where uh, it looked honestly at first to me like the Giants receiver was actually pulling on the arm sleeve, the elbow sleeve that SMB was wearing. But uh, you know, upon replay, it just looks like the feet got tangled up. The flag was picked up, uh, but good to see Sean Murphy bunting out on the field. Didn't look. All that rusty, to be honest with you, didn't make a whole lot of plays, you know, splash plays maybe that anybody was looking for, but the def- the defense definitely looked better, more secure in the back end in this game against some pretty solid receivers and guys like Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay. Even though they're struggling, you give those guys some open space and and some ability to work, they're going to make you pay for it. So good game from Sean Murphy Bunting, and then again, finishing second uh, on the team with seven total tackles on Monday night. My player of the game, Devin White. Uh, I, I, I picked him as my predictive player of the game. I said, you got to bring the energy, you know, you, you, the, the head coach called out and said, you know, if everybody came uh, to Washington with the energy that Devin white did on game day, they probably win that game. Devin tweeted out after the game, you know, I think it was the day after like everybody's going to see who really loves this. Uh, You heard him screaming. You saw him running after ball carriers, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, whoever he could get after he was getting, I saw him. He actually hit one of his own teammates at one, at one point on the sideline and still screamed about the hit that he laid on his own guy. And then he checked on him, make sure that he was okay, which he was. Um, So that's good. But yeah, Devin white, you know, tied for the lead uh, for the team in tackles with Levante, David, and not only an assist, I was having a Twitter back and forth with one of my followers and uh, says, he listens to the show. So you're going to hear yourself get a little bit of credit here. You know, um, got Devin white with the assist on uh, the, uh, the, the Steve McClendon interception also an assist on the Mike Edwards interception. If you remember Daniel Jones, uh, throws the ball out there. Devin White comes screaming across the formation, tips it into the waiting hands of Mike Edwards. I had tweeted shortly before that that Daniel Jones was either going to get destroyed by a Buccaneers blitzer or he was going to throw an interception because when a quarterback is panicked throwing the ball that quickly, as often as he was to avoid the pressure, eventually someone's going to cut in front of it. And, and they're going to make a play. And That's exactly what ended up happening. The Buccaneers controlled that game. Outside of some of the early penalties, right, like have talked about, outside of the early interception, really once you got into about the fourth possession of the game, it was all Buccaneers for the rest of the time. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out of week 11, 7-3, third place in the NFC playoff race, first place in the NFC South with a two-game lead. Next week they head to Indianapolis to face off against Indianapolis Colts, looking to turn 7-3 and three into 8-3. and three. Tomorrow is WTSP Wednesday, so I will not be here. James Jarco will be back, though, with Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay as they dive a little bit deeper into this contest. You're going to hear some fresh perspectives from James and from Evan, both on this game, so that'll be a good time. Continue to call in with your own takes if you have them. Send those to 813-444-5841, or if you don't want to uh, hear your voice on the on the show, write it in to Podcast at Gmail. Thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen every day. I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at DHarrison82, writer over at BucksNation.com, a part of SB Nation. My co-host, James Jarko, on Twitter at JYarko, underscore Bucks, the show at Locked On Bucks. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Until we meet again, until we speak again. Bucks fans, Bucks nation, if you're out and about, please be kind to one another, please be safe, and thank you for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.